Hello everyone, it's Elaine Janelle here, and welcome to our 14th episode of Renew Talk.
Welcome to the 14th episode, again, of Renewed Talk. It's Elaine Janelle here. It's just me this time for a few moments. Since, honestly, this episode has been pre-recorded, it is already released on Facebook Live. Um, and we did the episode in Wilmington, Delaware, on Saturday, September the 24th. So, of course, you're not, you know I like to keep everything documented. So, of course, I wanted to make sure we had an audio version of it. So what I'm going to do real quick to represent who we are Renewed Talk, I'm just going to shout out some of our brands, and then we're going to get to our conversation. And like I said, if you want to see the live version that's in action and motion and our facial expressions, you can check it out on Facebook Live. It's on my page, which is Elaine Janelle. It's on Kelly Pritchett's page as well, and many of our friends have shared it. We have a great discussion about um, being in relationships with people or having friendships with people who aren't saved or who don't have the same beliefs as you. And then we also have a great discussion kind of about um, being black, African-American in America. So relevant topics, and that's why this episode is talking about being relevant in conversation with friends. So the brands I want to shout out are some of the people that I've shout out before, uh, Mr. John Graves, Dr. John Graves. I want to shout out because he has a new production coming out in December called Black Kid Joy. Dates are December the 17th and 18th. If you want to check out more about it, hit up johngravesproductions.org. I also want to give a shout out to Mr. PJ Owens, who is doing an awesome job with his business known as musebrandingagency.com is where you can find it. And also to let you know that he is a great creator. And if you're serious about branding your business, a stable, well-established business, hit up PJ Owens. Also giving a shout out to my friend from New York, Mr. Bobby Trends. Always hit him up. He has great fashion, um, innovative things going on with his company Trends Pad. So you can hit them up at Trends with a Z at the end, dot pad, dot tumblr, dot com. They also want to shout out a brand that we had back in like February by the name of Glam Hands and Body 2. And you can check them out on ST, www.st.com backslash shop backslash Glam Hands and the Body 2. Spell it out the way I said it. Last but not least, I want to give a shout out to our guest from our second episode, my good friend TP, also known as Samo. Check him out. He is now a famous comedian with a blonde beard and a crazy curly wig. <laughs> and you can check him out on Samoa TV. Find it on Instagram. All right, y'all. And Samoa, that's spelled S-A-M-O-H-T and then TV. Well, now to listen to some great music, um, you know, from our good friend, Mr. Brennan Pritchett. He was a part of my friend's episode back in the month of March. And, oh, earlier I played music coming from Ange White, also known as Angie White, with the song Keep Me Searching. So you can check out both of those songs on iTunes. They're great people from this region, Philadelphia, New Jersey area. And we're going to enjoy some of his great worship music. His song is called Created to Worship. And following thereafter, I'm going to have an awesome conversation with my good friends, Fatima and Darrell, Miss Lauren Long, and Mr. Marquez Cassidy, as well as my co-host, Miss Kelly Pritchett. And enjoy our conversation. It's real. It's relevant. It's raw. And I didn't have a scripture for this episode, so I just want to let you know how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, because that is what we did just about a week ago. All right, enjoy your time, and enjoy this 14th episode of A New Talk. And hit me up if you need to. My place is ElaineJanelle.com. 
Thank you. 
Well, hello. Welcome to Renew Talks. This is our talks. Renew Talk. This is our 14th episode. My name is Elaine Janelle, also known as Mickey Jane, residing in Philadelphia. But we are here in Wilmington, Delaware, bringing it live for the first time um, with our interview. Last time we did it with me and my good host, Ms. Oh, Kelly Pritchett. <laughs> and uh, we are here with some awesome guests, great friends of ours, and we're going to have a quick discussion on this afternoon. I mean, what's today's date? It's the 24th of September, 2016. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about some relevant topics. Usually, when we talk, only talks about topics that we decide to bring up. But we're going to talk about some things that are more relevant in today's time. So I'm going to have my guests introduce themselves. Amen. And they're going to share. Um, you can give a little bit about yourselves, whatever you feel the need. A little bit of your testimony. Whatever you feel the need. You know, we don't have time to. Um, <laughs> don't tarry too long. We don't have time to wait. <laughs> but do tell a little bit about yourselves, and we will be um, anticipating it here on Renew Talk. <laughs> Ladies can go first. Right. We'll, go, we'll go that way. Ladies first. No, it's starting over. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Fatima. Um, excuse my voice, I'm a little hoarse. 26 years old, from North Philadelphia, born and raised. Um, a little bit about myself. I've been saved since I was 16 years old. I'm a part of Mount Sinai Holy Church of America Incorporated. Um, yeah. Okay, Lauren, you can pick it up from there. Okay, I'm Lauren, I'm 28, and... I'm from New Jersey. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say about myself. You're a nanny. She's a nanny. You're in school. I work. I have a lot of jobs. You love kids. Obviously. Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Um. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Everybody, Marquez, Cassidy, um, I really have to sit over to see people. Do I have to do this? Don't you don't have to do this. Don't okay. Um, I am uh, 23. Um, I go to school in Boston. I'm a current student at Berkeley College of Music. Yeah. From North Carolina. Who? <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I just won't. Hey, man, I am Bishop. Darrell <laughs> 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 Haynes from Atlanta, Georgia, by way of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, work for the state of Georgia. And... Um, I'm 30. Wow. Hey, that's man. Jesus. Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> I mean, thanks. For the, Thank you so much. Thanks, Lauren. I only got two more years, but that's all right. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I believe everybody's introduced themselves. And, of course, you know Elaine Janelle and Miss Kelly. Um... Some of these na- Some of the people that you see on this episode and here on this episode uh, were here before. Uh, Marquez was here... I believe, for our music episode. Um, Darrell was here for our friendship episode. So I believe we have March, April, June, May. Yes. So some of the people's names and some of the people you may see are people you've seen before on Renewed Talk. But that's all right. And your friends. <laughs> I believe some of them checked in before. So hi to everybody who is checking in on Facebook Live. Uh, we're going to start our interview. And... Um, I think I'm going to actually ask Kelly to open up with a question for the people at the table. You didn't warn me about this. Oh, I'll go back and I'll start with myself. Um, (laughs) 
You really want to start? All right, I'll, I think you should start because you were the person that actually brought up the idea of talking about having relationships with friends who um, who are not believers, who maybe aren't followers of Christ, um, you know, who may not have the same exact standards as, that we have. And so I think you should open up the floor to, um, you know, ask the questions to our guests concerning that on this afternoon. Well, um, come on, roll this dice. <laughs> the question really came from I have a few friends who are Muslim and things like that, and we've always maintained um, good, respectable friendships, mainly because some of our morals are virtually the same. Not everything, but a lot of our morals are the same. I've also had friends who are of other religions, and we clashed a lot, um, mainly because it wasn't a line of respect. It wasn't, okay, you believe what you believe, I believe what my, I believe, we come in the middle, we agree to disagree and keep it pushing. So I've always wondered when that, because obviously me and those people aren't really friends anymore, but how do you maintain, go about maintaining those type of friendships and relationships? I'll start with you, Fatima. Um, well, I think, the key thing is respect like you said I think I think it's more than just a respect of the religion it's just a respect respect of the person um I have a Muslim friend and I don't want to say we clashed but we had a conversation you know she felt strongly in her belief and I feel strongly in my belief and um I used to bring some of my bible studies to work actually and she would read them and she would comment about certain things and ask questions, things that she didn't know. And I could have been like, you know, well, you're Muslim, so it really doesn't matter, you know. But I allowed her to read them, and it's because I respect her. I didn't take what she had to say offensive or anything. And it was just I respected that she wanted to know. Um, and I was able to have the conversation. And I think at the end of the day, we're still friends. It doesn't really affect anything. It's just I respect her, and she respects me. And yeah. Anyone else wanna add in? Don't, don't all speak at once. <laughs> uh, uh, I was about to say the same thing Fatima said, but um, I guess to me it's like having an understanding like of each other. Um, not necessarily for me that I have friends who are of different religions. They just don't go to church like that. Mm. So, um, but they understand like some things. I'm not just you know I'm not gonna do. Like, you can drink, you can do all the other stuff. I'm not going to, you know, judge you or anything like that. But that's what you do. But just know that, you know, that's not really what I'm about. That's not what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. And we're cool about it. Like, there's no hard, like, feelings or anything like that. So. Do you ever find times where your characteristics, or more so your beliefs, or there's a word I'm going to use, maybe integral Integrity influences them. Mm. Do you ever find times where you find that in some of the friends that you have? I know I do in mine, so that's why I'm asking you that question. Any examples? (laughs) (laughs) Darrell. I don't know. I mean, like I said, morally... Uh, see, to me, you don't have to have a certain religion or anything to be just a moral or just have certain yeah, morality. Yeah. Um, I have my one friend who's Muslim. We have the same type of morals when it comes to a certain standard. She does not wear pants when she goes to mosque. Mm-hmm. I don't wear pants when I go to church. So it's like with that is like we kind of have that same 
I don't want to call it influence, but people be like, oh, wow, they actually hold themselves to a certain standard. Mm -hmm. So then when we do, not only when people see us together or anything like that, they say, Christian and a Muslim hanging out. They say, wow, they actually have standards, too. Mm -hmm. So I think the both of us, rather, have that influence of just a standard. You may not be Christian, you may not be holiness, but we set a standard. I think like a lot of times, like in this era, nobody has standards anymore. Yes. Everything just flies. And I'm not saying like wearing, I just use pants as an example. Right, right. But there's a certain standard that we hold ourselves to because of our beliefs. And I think that influences others to mm-hmm. hold themselves. You don't have to be Christian. You don't have to be Muslim. You can be whatever you want to be. But as long as you hold yourself to a standard, people, you, you get a lot of respect for having a standard. I do believe that. I agree. Um... Anyone else have anything to say about that topic? I got another question. Dating another religion. It never crossed my mind. Well, wait. Well, see, I don't know. I would only say I don't know because I've always, like, kind of been raised to have, like, that person-first mentality. So it's not like the Muslim girl or the Christian guy. But, no, my name is Lauren. Lauren first. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes my religious background is going to have an effect on who I am, but not all the time. You know what I mean? It doesn't take religion to be a good person. So it's like if you look at the person for like as they are and not what they believe in, I think that's that makes it easier to have a relationship, whether it's a friendship or boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever it is. Um, I think as you be, like as you grow to live together and want to start a family and different things like that, I think that's where religion is going to play into, you know, and be harder for you to deal with because if you want your child to go to mass and the other person wants their child to go to church, it might be a problem. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I've seen it work. I've seen Jews date, you know, Catholics mm-hmm, yeah. or whatever, and it works. Like at prayer, I'm a nanny for kids and. They, the little boy literally says the Jewish prayer and the Christian prayer, and then we eat. I mean, if that's what y'all want to do, then okay. Right. You know what I mean? So it worked for them because mm-hmm. they chose to love each other for who they were and not for what they believed in. Mm. I think it's a personal decision. I, have, I, I haven't dated anybody outside of my, my uh, religion. But I think it's a personal decision because when it comes to practices, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have that that's challenge. Like, yeah. And I think I have a coworker who, he's Christian, he's a minister. But he's, he's been living with a Jehovah Witness mm-hmm. for about four years. And the practices that she wanted to have in place, he doesn't agree with. So it's kind of like he's making that compromise to make it work. Mm-hmm. But then the challenge is a lot of stuff that she wants to happen. Like they want, they like that they want to get married. Like she wants to get married. She believes that she's going to get married, no kids before then, da da da. But then she also believes that once she already has children, she doesn't have any more. Mm-hmm. And so he has to now, he, he has to accept the oh, fact that, that. Wait, what that does that mean? She's saying, based upon she her practices, because she already has children with another person. She can't have any more? She's not going to have it. What? So it's kind of like, she's like, well, that's just the practice that we, you right. know, we have. Yeah. And he wants to have children. Right. he has none. So it's kind of like, I get it, because you have to have the understanding, like, is, is a personal decision. Right. right. You have right. to say, okay, so I'm okay with what you practice. Right. But then when, you, when you're working with you know what you produce children now mm-hmm. you have to decide as the head of the household do I make the the standard of what's going to happen in this house or do we still compromise do we say oh you have a choice do you have this it's a personal decision I feel like I couldn't do it biblically is it wrong though 
Is it right or is it wrong? I mean, but at the same time, how many Christians date Christians who ain't really Christians? That's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I mean, that's living unequally yoked. I mean, I mean I'd true. rather live with a full-blown Muslim than a half-Christian. You know, like, I can respect that a little more because if you are in the same religion and one's living right and the one, other one's not, it's a very big struggle. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Because now you're torn between the flesh and your spirit, man. And that's, right. that's even harder to know when we don't believe in the same thing. No, we do, but you ain't doing what we believe. believe right. Like, sometimes that could be harder. I was going to say, when you said it's a biblical, honestly, the Bible says don't be unequally yoked. So, in some, in the majority of instances, it's not biblical, but I relate to what Lauren just said. It's not, it's unequally yoked doesn't just relate to religion. And that's why a lot of people, try, well, quickly, well, if you're saved and you marry somebody who's unsaved, then immediately you're unequally yoked. Well, that's just one example of maybe not being right. on the same page. Right. But there's so many other examples. It it's just as bad as I hate saying it. But, like, if I marry somebody who don't believe in women preachers, I don't know how I'll marry you. Like, right. we're just right. doing it. We're going to have a problem. I mean, we'll give it in. I can't. I, I can't mean, really say what I was going to say because I think the person's watching on live. That's good. But, um, I was, it was a debate with someone. They said I wasn't saved because I hadn't been baptized yet. And I brought up the, the question. I said, so the thief on the cross, he didn't make it in? Cause right, he ain't going It wasn't no, no pool where he was. Right. <laughs> but and my thing is, I'm not saying that I'm against getting baptized. The opportunity, By the time I got saved, there was no baptisms anymore. So, hold that thought. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we can hold it live for people listening. How you doing? Hi. Oh, damn. <laughs> 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 Thank God I don't want to marry her. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, but go ahead. But this good. the person told me uh, I can't possibly be saved that was, if that was I wasn't baptized. And I was just, it was very interesting because I'm like, I've seen plenty of people. My dad, my dad goes to the hospitals and stuff. And they're on their deathbed, mm-hmm. and they give their lives That's to Christ. Right. You mean to tell me, if right. I'm on my deathbed, and I give my life to Christ, I got to get baptized, too? Right. Make sure too? the bucket nearby. Right. Somebody's <laughs> going to be wearing the scripture doesn't say that, because I, said, I was talking to my friend the other day, and I'm like, yo, like, if you've never been baptized, that means you're not going to heaven? That's what I was that work for real, though, because that's, what, that's what the teaching is. So what what does that really and mean? And I never understood the necessary because I know a lot of baptized people and they raise a bunch of hell all the time. You know you know what I'm saying? Like to me and my mom tried to explain this is really why I didn't get baptized. Um I didn't want to get my hair wet because I had to go to church right after so I was like I'm not getting baptized then. And then my mom was like, "Well, you ain't even saved, so it don't matter." But then once I got saved, saved, the opportunity did not present itself again. Right. So it's like I kind of was like, you can't tell me that, like, if the rapture came right now, I wouldn't be caught up. Because I wasn't baptized. How do you get on that subject? When he knocked on the door, that I got thrown for a loop. No, no, but you brought it up because I started talking about, um, what did I say? When people, you know what it is? When, when, when people who are saved don't right, have right, agreeable right, 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 beliefs. Right. And so I you talked about marrying preacher. somebody who doesn't believe in preaching. I said it possibly couldn't work because I'm a female preacher. And I'm not going to take down because of what you now, of right. what you believe now, believe or did believe or still believe, whatever. I'm just not going to start taking down. And I had to, I had to talk with somebody, I had a worker, coworker, at my old job, who 
I mean, starchly wore skirts every day. Mm. Starchly. Like, when she prayed for grace one time, we sitting, like, right here, and she went to say grace, and she put, her like, something on her head to say grace. Mm. And so I... She's Christian? Yeah, she's Christian. Okay. But they're part of something called Church of God. Not Church of God, but something else. Something brethren, something different. It was different, but they still were saved. Like, they don't, they don't have musicians in their church. They all, they don't do, they have a whole service without music. They sing. They save money. They sing. <laughs> they save money. Come on, they, they save, save money. money. They sing, but they don't have, like, a piano or okay, a drum. Okay. So there's certain things where you may can say they might take the scripture out of context, per se, and they, they twist it to their own beliefs. But then we had that baptism conversation. So... Oh, back, going back to the thing we sitting right here right. she put something on her head she said her grace so when I went to say my grace she was like where is she was like why you want to something on your head and I said God we thank you for the amen we're not doing this like we're just not we're not gonna we're not gonna pet peeve right. each other like right. me and you should just be glad we both believe in Jesus right. and we surround by people who don't like you know what I mean so anyway she came to my house once because we, we, we really became good friends and she's from Africa too like this is my girl but I straight told her, I said, you can't tell me that somebody gets saved on the street and doesn't die like the next day. Yeah, right. You cannot tell me. The time period we live in, you just can't tell me that somebody gets saved, like somebody can get saved right over there and then get hit by a car before they get home. Right. You cannot tell me. And the scripture says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, thou shall be saved. Save. It did not say in that scripture context right. that you had to get baptized. It's supposed to just be a symbol. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Amen. So that's all I got to say about that baptism <laughs> thing because I didn't get baptized until I was like 18. I didn't and I was saved at like nine. So it's like my mom was my mom when I told my mom the situation. She was like, "Well, tell dad to blow up the kiddie pool and we'll go baptize you right I now." That's the case. But like, even my mom was like, "Don't get don't." And this is around the time I first got like saved for real, like actually meant it, like crying and sobbing, whatever. And my mom was like, "Don't get caught up on that, yeah, because that'll become a stumbling block. And you'll yes. be like, and you'll start to question your salvation, like, well, am I saved because I'm not baptized?' And you'll really start questioning yourself, but." That goes to say, and then it was like that person we couldn't agree to disagree. I Me, mean, I'd be like, "Well, you believe what you believe. I believe what I believe," and that person would really try to convince me. Oh, awesome. but isn't that judging? So That's aren't exactly you going to I, hell I right along with me? Because I was baptized, and you was judging me. So come on, my problem. Like, I'll see you there. Though I always a friend like this, but I won't talk too much. Um, <laughs> my problem is. When you try to point out something that I do that you don't agree with, but then I know there's foolishness that you do. Yeah, right. That will actually send you to hell. <laughs> but you trying to pull out, like, something I may or may not do that's kind of on the fence. Because, I mean, there's things in the Bible that you may or may not do that's kind of on the fence. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's Jesus that's the ultimate judge. Right. But that's my thing. With, like, I, I mean, I hate to be like that, but I, when people really start, like, trying to tell me like that thing is wrong if they can't like concur or chill I'm be like so I know that you smoke so I know right. yo who right. was the last person that you just did right, right. because you're not gonna act like you're like we're all come right. on man right right. <laughs> it's like another thing me I grew up in church of God in Christ we don't have to have our head covered when we come to church we don't have to have our head covered when we sing anything like that but even though I was joking when I said it if it was asked of me, if I was on the program here at Mount Sinai and I had to have my head covered, I'd just do it. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even though I don't believe it, I don't 
I don't see the thing in it. But it's just, no, I'm just saying, out of respect, because my grandparents are sitting there, things like that, I don't want to offend anyone, and things like that. That's when you more so comply. But at my church, Church of God in Christ, make sure these these skirts is below their knees. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that big of a thing, concern where I'm from, but if I go in other places... I, it's a level of respect I do have. Now, if they say, oh, don't worry about it, I'm going to worry about it. But I am going to say, now, do I need my head covered in order to do this? Do I need, mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? Out of respect. And that's the thing. Me and the person did not, um, have, he didn't have, that person didn't have a level of respect for what I believed. And I think that's where friendships and relationships kind of like crumble and so, like and destruct because nobody has a sense of respect and nobody wants to have those real conversations right to challenge each other right. yeah, and i think true. i think ultimately it's all about love at the end of the day like if if i have a muslim friend who i want to be in my wedding and i get married in the church i would expect my as my friend you know because mm-hmm. he loved me to be a part of my wedding or you know some connection some you know yeah some sense. right you know what i'm saying but would you be mad see, if would you be mad if they said I, I, I can't, can't I no that. no I wouldn't be mad I wouldn't be mad right because I you know so now question though how do you how do you feel about even asking them because how do you know it may not offend that person you know what I mean like if you know if that they don't friends, believe in yeah, if, if we're, we're friends, friends I felt like we could have that conversation yeah. If we're friends. And friends enough for me to ask you to be exactly. in my wedding. Exactly. That means you have like a bond exactly. that's there. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, it's not about what you ask them, it's how you ask them. Right. You know, it's like, would you, now you know, this is what I believe, this is what I'm going to do. Would you be comfortable with being in my wedding and my wedding being at a church? And then yeah. how, then the conversation, I would assume, would go from there. Now, if they take offense to that, it's like, right. But yes or no would have done it. You know. Like, I know. <laughs> I went to school with uh, these people, and they've been in a relationship for a very long time, like seven plus years. They just got married. She's a Christian. He's a Muslim, and they got married in the garden. You know, mm-hmm. that was a compromise that they decided to do. Right. Because I mean, every everybody saved don't want to get married to church. Everybody Muslim don't want to get married in the mosque. Like, like, my I mean, sister like, didn't get married. She got married two weeks ago. She didn't get married in the church. Still. You know, I'm going to run off probably and get married. Y'all won't know nothing. I'm married. Oh, I'm married, by the way. Y'all won't know nothing. Hey, dude. But we're going to have a nice little dinner, you know. I'm already married, so. No, that's cool. I mean, to each his own in in that particular area. But I think respect is what... Your question, I think, is mainly about respect. Respect. Mm -hmm. And I think people should recognize that when they offend people. Some people like to, like... Mess with people, yeah. like yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, prime example. So most of us at this table, Mount Sinai. If you never heard of them, look them up. God bless you. Um, <laughs> Holy Church of America Incorporated. So So our dear friend Kelly, we know her because her family's in our organization, but we have created a bond outside of just church, of course. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just saying like a prime example, like people will pick with us because our church was started by a woman. And it's just like, okay, after one pick, okay, all right, there's a woman preacher. But after like that, if you can't get past it, 
I think most of us would be like, kick rocks. Because we don't we don't care. We already know our foundation. We're already sure of who we are. Mm-hmm. And so we're not gonna just like spend a whole like we've been around for ninety years. If you didn't like a woman bishop, then what you gonna do now? Right. Like, I mean, like I'll give you a prime example. Here's where our organizations meet. <laughs> Church of God in Christ does not ordain women preachers. Um, you're either a missionary evangelist. In my eyes, it's kind of like you are a minister, but you don't have that title. Right. Um, there are no women bishops in our organizations. They don't ordain them. Will that change? Probably not. But whatever. Um, but Bishop Amy Stevens, when she would come to the convocation with Bishop J.O., they would receive her as a bishop. Mm. And I heard that the reason why they did it with her, because it was a lot of them, that they'd be like, oh, no, because she knew how to carry herself in the setting with men. She didn't try to bulk up against them. She didn't try to, like, overthrow them because she was a bishop, too. She stayed in her place as a lady. And they still, at convocation, talk about her today. And I'll be like, that's my cousin, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I remember thousands of people, and I'll be like, that's my cousin. But, you know, that's another way of, you know, they don't necessarily have the same beliefs or the same practices, for lack of a better word. Yeah. But they still received her in her office. And she still stayed in her place as a woman. So they gelled. This makes me smile. I mean, when she was saying it, I just was like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because now you have female bishops that'll, like my mom always said, it's a, you may have a title, but at the end of the day, you're a woman. Mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton may be president, but she still has to come subject to her husband. Right. First man or whatever. So it's like, they they really re- had that a high level of respect because she had a high level of respect for them. Mm-hmm. And that's even with different organizations and different, um, I guess, denominations and sects in Christianity. It's just that level of respect right. that has to be there. You may not believe it or you may not do what I do, but as long as you respect what we do... <laughs> and that was the first, I think that's the first time like seriously spoken to us on a new talk because <laughs> no we I have, I have someone that in their organization they they call you according to how they see you oh, so Jesus. if you are a bishop because they don't believe in female bishops they will call you in the, from their mic or the pulpit sister as overseer oh so they won't call you, or if you're a bishop and they know that there's another title do- uh, connected to you, like doctor or something, mm-hmm. that's what they're going to call you. They won't receive you as that title. And for me, it bothers me because it's like, and like I told them, I respect people enough. I have friends that I may not think that they should be pastors or bishops, but because they also have a following, I don't know right. what God instructed them to do mm-hmm. and the position they're in. I'm not going to disrespect you on any platform to say, okay, Brother Marquez, and he's really a whole bishop. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, because I don't agree with it. It's respect. Right. I think it's respect. Right. And, and, and some females, they're a little over over overpowering and, and, and overbearing. It's so like, then they're like, oh, no, she's more And the, and the, and the thing is, that kind of makes it give... <laughs> so um, I wasn't around for, obviously, Bishop Ida Robinson, but um, I, I've heard the stories and things like that. And my mom said, I forget when she said it. I was younger. But she said the reason why she was able to accomplish so much is because she understood really her, not her place, 
but and even though she was a bishop, she understood who she was. Yeah. And the world that she lived in. Mm-hmm. You know, she's relevant. Yes, she stayed relevant. And I think. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Commercial. <laughs> that, that was brought to you by. <laughs> no, but it's just that, that level of. And I use Bishop Stevens. Is it Stevens or Stevenson? Stevens. Stevens. How do you all know your own cousin's name? Cousin Amy. That's what. Oh, we affectionately call her, I mean. But um, that's why I use that example because, like I said, you had two different denominations who basically did two different things, but because they still had a level of respect for each other, they were able to come together and fellowship. I know a lot of, me and Janelle, we all know a lot of Hebrew Pentecostal. Yeah. We do not believe whatsoever in a lot of the same things. But the fact that we can still fellowship with each other makes really the difference. Like, okay, all right, y'all do that. I'll see you later. <laughs> and then, But at the same time, it's like, you do what you do, and we can still fellowship. Yeah. Run in there and shout from sun up to sundown. Mm-hmm. I ain't got nothing to do on a Saturday. <laughs> Sabbath. You, but it's like, we because we have that level of respect, respect. you don't have to understand everything, mm-hmm. but you do have to respect it. Absolutely. And sometimes you learn. You do. You really do learn. Like, I've learned a lot being around Sabbath keepers, Hebrew Pentecostals. Mm-hmm. I've learned a lot, and... I'm able to go into other arenas and other places, Caucasian, whatever, um, because I learned something from, you know, I think that's the problem where some people are, they they bulk up so hard against stuff because they're really scared of really learning. And they, they enjoy their ignorance. That is very Put that on t shirt. Some is people enjoy their ignorance. That is good. That is good. That is good. People enjoy sitting in ignorance. So since we're on people enjoying their ignorance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on transition. Right. <laughs> 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 um, I'm get real heated. I'm going to just say it like this. I woke up this morning. And I really want I really wanted to cry. I didn't cry, but I felt myself very angry. Very angry. And I began to ask God, I said, what can I do to deal with the problem of police brutality? Um, and to deal with the problem of people seeing us the way they see us. Right. And um I read a meme on um I think it was Instagram last night or yesterday of a guy saying, you know, like, Obama can't save us, Mrs. Hillary, whatever, can't save us, Mr. Trump can't save us, only God, you know, can change the heart of man. And it's a football player, I believe, that said it was a basketball player. I'm not into my sports, people, I'm sorry if I offend anyone. But he said something profound, and it made me just sit, and I was just like, but I think bickering and going back and forth on social media, I think we've accomplished that. I think we've gotten a doctrine in that area. Um, as a people, uh, not just African American people, but people in general, I think we've we've succeeded in bickering about the problem with race in America. But I, my concern is more so, what can we do? And that's why I was angry because I felt helpless. And I started asking God this morning, like, can you just like kind of help me in this anger of what I can, of what I can do, whether it's personal whether it's on a, 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 a level out there for the media or on a national level, just kind of what I can do because I feel like though, I, though I'm not a male, I hurt more, of course, for my, my brothers. I hurt more for my family because of the fact that y'all could really go somewhere 
get pulled over and not come and back not come back, right. I hurt for that. And I mean, yes, thank God we, we have the blood to cover us. Thank God for Jesus. And thank God we have the blood to cover us. But the fact that we even had the idea in our mind yeah. in 2016 right. is really disrespectful to our ancestors. Right. It's really, it's disrespectful, not just to our ancestors, but like, y'all saw Selma? Mm-hmm. And how that Jewish man who came down just to support Dr. King was killed mm-hmm. because the other Caucasian people was like, you one of them. And so another white man dies because just because of hatred. Like, how, how you live, really live in your ignorance and you think that this is okay. And it's just stuff like, I'm going to say this and I'm going to open up for the table because I get excited. People in the KKK, do you know that most of them are Christians? The KKK right. is a Christian cult. Yeah. And they stand against homosexuality. They stand against, you know, mixed religions. They stand against mixed marriages. They, they stand against a lot of things, but it's just the aspect of they can't see God. They can't see God. How are you a Christian, but you don't, you don't understand. You want to live in a community of all white people, but Jesus was a Hebrew. He was a Jew. He wasn't Caucasian. He wasn't from Europe. Middle Eastern, really? <laughs> I mean, like, not even from America. Right, I'm just. Y'all ain't I mean, right, y'all immigrants too. <laughs> and, I'm, and I get it, y'all, I get it. The law was not meant for us, it wasn't founded for us. We were, we were just as good as horses when these laws I'm were created. I'm glad you said that. Like, I get it. I, but hate to, us. I hate to interrupt you, but that law has not changed. It hasn't. It hasn't been, it hasn't been tampered with, it hasn't changed. So we're still living on a law that, like you said, was not designed for us. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know what I'm right. saying. It, it, I right. feel like it has to start there because when they said, "What was it? All men created equal," we weren't considered a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we were considered property. But we still—that's still, that's still relevant towards our country. Now we are, but when it was created, that was we were never in the mind because we were never supposed to be where we are right now. Exactly. You get what I'm saying? So I've always felt like maybe it needs we need to go back in the constitution and go back and different things and start to kind of reevaluate where we were when this was where were blacks when this was written. What were we doing? We only have what? 3 amendments towards blacks. Mm-hmm. 13, 14 and 15 yeah, amendments yeah. that are in really favor of blacks. Free the slaves made them citizens and gave them the right to vote. That's three out of 15. But see, when they became free, they became man. Like, they became their own person. Right, but that was never really the intention. Intention. You get what I'm saying? Like, so maybe if we, and this is just me thinking, I'm not saying this is ever going to happen, it probably won't, but maybe if we go back and think, like, okay, so this wasn't relative, relative towards blacks when it was written. That's really, that's good. And I think that that would be something to help. But how do you, but then you have to deal with all of those people who are grown and set in their ways and have, you know, these, their own concepts in their mind about us. How, I don't think that they're, that's going to really. It's never, like, I don't, I'm Change it, per se. It might give us a little, it might give us more power a little bit, maybe. That, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard because, like, we can't change the heart of man. But I think I think every little bit helps. Yes, I agree. I do. I do. Well, they even say really there's, like, a quote that says, like, if you want change, you first have to create change within yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that if people just understood that if we all focused inward, 
and not outward, then we could see a lot of things, even as a community, as a black community or as a colored community, however you say it. Like, there's so many problems within our community. We can't necessarily expect the white man or whoever to want to jump in and be like, yeah, we support, because we don't even support each other. You know what I mean? Like, we're killing each other. Like, in Camden, for whatever reason, that little 18-year-old boy thought to be shooting a gun and a crossfire killed a little girl who was completely innocent, you know? Like, we did talk about that, and they did find them. But, you know, that just shows that stuff like that happens still all the time. But Mm -hmm. we're focusing on this police brutality when, in reality, like, we all have stereotypes. That's the only thing that, like, is kind of, like, not not making me a little confused about the situation, but we all have those stereotypes. If you walk in in the middle of the street late at night and somebody comes up with a hoodie on, you you walk a little faster, too. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not... But that's not even. Yeah, but that's not even. That's not even just with you know your African Americans no, because people, yeah. you have you know when you're in high school. I was just saying this yesterday. You're in high school. You see like a Caucasian with all black oh, on, black makeup. You think killer. they're cold. You think they're a killer. You <laughs> think they're killer. weird. You think they're antisocial. That's a stereotype. Right. So we're just as wrong. Even though we don't want to beat them up, or even though we might not want to kill them, we might like. There's people that are guilty for making fun of them. But that's you know what I'm the, saying. That's and not the. I don't think that's the issue. Are we talking about like? Are you specifically talking about just police brutality, or are you talking about Black Lives Matter? I mean, well, are you? I think she's like Lauren was making it on a bigger scale, yeah. like a broader yeah, scale, yeah, like only to because really step I, back and right. evaluate. Everything, everything for what it is only because like yes these police are making poor decisions but I don't necessarily think that we should crack down on the police so much exactly. so more than we should crack down on the people who are judging the police the people who are calling it out saying you are right or you are wrong you're guilty or you're not you know what I'm saying those are the people that we really need to be coming at not the people who are acting because truth be told just like sin if we could get away with sin, you know what I'm saying? Right, if we could kill right. people and not go to jail, people are going to keep killing people so that they know they're not going to go to jail. Some At some point, the law has to take a stand as to what's right and what's wrong. So it's not necessarily like coming at police because there are white police that are not racist. Racist, right. They're, like my cousin is a police officer in Baltimore and I was worried for her safety because there's angry people who want to burn up a CVS. Like... How do you know somebody's grandma, you know what I'm saying, doesn't need their prescription and that they're dependent on that. They they don't have a car to go to the one five miles away, you know? So it's like it is aggravating and it is frustrating, but I kind of feel like if we all focused inward and focused on bettering ourselves all individually, a lot of this would change because truthfully... Like, even with police, some police say that we're not trained to shoot to disable anymore. We're trained to shoot to kill. You know what right. I mean? So it's like you... They will have ration. They will have reasons forever, you know. Mm-hmm. But it comes down to the fact that you can have all these reasons, but it do- it still doesn't excuse the fact that what you did was wrong. Right. And you need to be punished for what you did wrong. wrong. And if people start getting punished for what they did wrong, the things will stop because they don't want to be punished. But I right. think it goes beyond that. I think it go, especially with Black Lives Matter. I think that the issue. I mean, it is a whole lot of you know. Protecting the serve, but I think that from what has been happening recently, as I think that it is a race thing, and I think that a lot of police, from what I can assume, a lot of it has been based on fear. Fear of what? I'm a man. This is the thing. This is the thing. But I think it's it comes Mm -hmm. from. But I think it comes from a fear of, of literally the black man. 
Well, there are some scary black men. But like, guys, I'm, no, 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 like, I'm not well, trying to say I'm, all black men I'm are scary, scary right. but there are those ones that like will go in there. Like, think about it. But if I'm a white person coming in and robbing and a black man, you're going to be a little more scared personally. If it's somebody from but North Philly, I know saying, what they're doing. You're not going to be like, oh, I guess this so. Westchester resident is going to come in here and like chump us all. No. But I mean, I'm kind of iffy. Let me. I don't know because I work now with I work. I work in Ardmore, so I work with very sedity rich people. They're my clients. Mm-hmm. And then I start, I, okay, I, I, I'm starting to view people sometimes a little bit differently because the stereotype of we go behind African-American people because we think they're going to steal in the store. I'm going back to an old stereotype. Mm-hmm. So a, a thing that a lot of people will follow us. If we walk in the store, naturally a lot of people will be more keen to follow us, even though we can all look... Marquez has a button-down shirt on, a tie, clean cut, but immediately, because he's African-American, he's perceived as someone who may steal, where people walk in my store, we get teenagers come in my store whose families may be bankers, right. and they, they go to these private still schools, still. and they will steal this lip gloss, and they'll steal this eyeshadow, because they just can't. Right. Right. They can have, they may have $100 in their purse because and they're they, 15 years old. But that's the point. They think it's valid. They take their whiteness and they think it's valid. No, and they know they're stealing is wrong. Because no. they, they, gonna, like, See, they, they, they do know it's wrong. They right? do know it's wrong, but they can also get away from it. Right. Now, me, my mom always taught me, I grew up in, we were kind of, um, the town I live in is kind of it's mixed you had a a good mix of everything but I'm gonna get in a little trouble for saying this my town's low key prejudice Uh very prejudice let's put it to you like that and my mom taught me at a very young age, you're always going to have to be twice as better as right. your white friend. Right. And of, that's, course, that's, of course. That's what because, we have to deal with. That's and then when we would all get in trouble, we would all do the same thing. And me, I would just be like the dummy that would be like... See, me, I was always the quick talker, so I knew how to talk my way out of trouble. But we would all get be like two other black kids and everybody else be white. We would all get in trouble for doing the exact same thing. But me and the other black person would be twice as nervous as everybody else. Because even though I was a fast talker and I could talk my way out of trouble, I knew that I would probably get penalized harder. Number one, because I'm black. Number two is because my mom would say, didn't I tell you, you cannot do everything that they do and get away with it. See, here's the, here's the, the twist that I find confusing. Because I feel like it's a good idea to educate youth in that way. But is it? Because the same way your mom told you that you have to be twice as good because you're black, it may have been the same thing on the other end where the white parent said, you don't have to do everything that they do because you're white. So are we educating people in the right way? Because if we continue to educate people based on, you know, how wrong things are, then there's never really going to be that sense of equality. Well, the fact is, is, and this is me, a college graduate, had a race relations class. The the fact is, what's being taught in their home is to stay far away. They're not being educated about African American culture. Mm -hmm. They're not talking about it. That's not what... And that's wrong. That's what I'm saying. But at least, but we have those conversations. We have to. And We're forced I, to and have I wanna those say, conversations. I, I wish, I think if I went to school with a lot of black students, my mother would never have to say that. But because she understood 
the way my town functioned. She understood the type of kid, not all of them, I'm not saying, for those who were probably watching, not all of you guys, right. you guys know who you are, <laughs> not all of them, but for that good percentage, and my mom being the black activist that she is, she's like a closed door Black Panther. She really had to tell me, and especially when I got older and started seeing differences and really understanding color and, you know, you know, having more privileges because they were of a different race and things like that, she really had to explain to me, they were going, you're really going to have to work twice as hard. And she wasn't saying that out of just the fact that, oh, it's white people that I'm with. It was the type of whites that I was with. Right. You know what I'm saying? There is a because I have, I have white friends that are like, Beautiful. Yes. And I have and I know some blacks that are horrible. Horrible, Right. But my mom understood and I'm and this and she probably would have said the same things if I went with all blacks. Kelly, look out for that That one. one. That one and that one. You can do what you want, Mm -hmm. but don't say I warned you. I think the issue is that they're they don't know about us. They are they they have been raised to not know. And I think that and especially taking a race relations class. There was a lot of people that were transparent, and they even cried because they felt wrong. Why didn't I know about? Why don't I know about that? Mm-hmm. You know, whereas we're forced to know. We are like we are, and that's why I think Black Lives Matter is important because we have to deal with all of those things, and we do matter. Whereas a lot of them don't really. Not to say that they really don't think that we matter, but they just really don't. That they, they, we're not prevalent. We're not relevant in their homes. You know, we, we're not. And the only thing that they know about us is to sing, run a ball, dribble a ball. Exactly. Especially because they, that's they what's been it. created. Right, because, but that's what's been taught. How many black parents make sure their kids are playing basketball at the age of whatever? Like, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying that that we're we as black people are wrong for educating our children the way we are. But what I'm saying is I feel like if you look at it as a whole, you're, you, you're even saying, like, the reason why black people have to educate their children in that way is because of a reaction to how the white people are raising their children. That just goes to show that our, we're reacting off of something that's not right. Of a system, a system that's been set in place, set up against us. That's understood, but it still doesn't make us right for doing what we're doing okay, because I, they're okay, wrong for doing I, what they're doing. doing. I, get what, I get what you're saying, but the only thing is... Out of wisdom in our community or out of wisdom for our location. So, like, I'm going to say this. You want to sit right here? Okay. Come over. Out of wisdom in our community, out of wisdom in our location. Okay. Marquez is a prime example. I'm going to go down to his end. Marquez was was raised in um, Asheboro, North Carolina. Correct. How many, on your soccer team, how many black people was there? (laughs) You weren't on the soccer team? I'm saying none. None. <laughs> well, I mean one. one. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna say one. So, yeah. so Marquez, his nickname, I I call him it sometimes, was Black Magic mm. on the soccer team, but he was the only black person on the soccer team. Where me, I went to a multicultural high school of the arts. So you had extremists like <laughs> you got gay people, you got lesbians, and you got black, white, Asian, Hispanic, and you got we don't know where you from. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And yes. so my, that conversation that your mom had with you, Kelly, my mom really never had to have with me. Now, what happened to me in high in middle school, though, two white um, Caucasian children, 
with my sixth grade class, and they couldn't stay the full year because they started getting picked on by the black kids. Mm. They would only, but my school was all black. They were only two white kids. I don't know how they ended up in my school. I mean, to this day, I don't know how. But, but I was, you know, I was hurt. I was heart wrenched because I was just like. How we come this way and y'all don't like what they did to us, but how dare you do that to exactly. them? That's my thing. That's, That's my, my thing. thing. I feel like too. we all have to be accountable when it comes to that because we want to say that they're all like this, but we do the same thing. Well, I, I it's see all what about you're saying. I see what you're saying, but at the same token, I'm not, and I'm not justifying. I would never do that to anybody. I don't care if you're white, gay, whatever. I would never do that to a human. However, I think. I think that well the I'm trying to find the right words to say this because I, now I see what you're talking about because now Janelle said that with when my and I'm using me as an example when my mom said that she wasn't saying that to say Kelly be better than them mm-hmm. almost but she was more saying there's going to be a time where you're going to have to work twice as hard. That's not to say that I was like, oh, I'm black and I'm proud. I know who did this. I know who did that. No, it wasn't It wasn't to do that. Um, but it was to really let me see so I didn't get hurt, really, mm-hmm. I guess. To give um, you a warning. To give me though. a warning to say that, to really open my eyes. I was in, I think when she said that, I was in sixth grade. And I was really showing out because I was bad in school. But she, she that really like kind of opened my eyes that was like, okay, when we do stuff, Remember, there's a chance that they're all going to get away with it and you won't. That's not to say you won't get away with it. That's not to say that y'all all all won't get in trouble. But remember, and she would point to my skin and be like, listen, and not saying that this is a downfall, but this is the reality of the the world you live in. I I respect that because, you know, my parents even would say to me, like, you know, you know, just knowledge is key you know what I'm saying so it's not necessarily that you have to be upset about it or you know wonder why but just know that you might do just as good of a job as someone else but you're not going to get the same benefits you're not going to get the same position I'll be like oh heck no yes I am (laughs) oh you get paid this and I'll be like what is this you know what I'm saying but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it helped me as I got older because okay you don't want to give me the job don't give me the job there's a better job in store right. for me and that's where I think having a relationship with God, God and being that's why my, like I feel like when my family raised me they raised me like not on a black and white thing though that was very you know prominent it mm-hmm. was more so like you're God's child so you have to carry yourself in a different light and when you do God is going to take care of you you know what I'm saying and even just, if you're not given those same resources that everyone else is given you, you know what I'm saying you will have your time you mm-hmm. just have to be patient in that way so I think that's why and I'm not going to say like I'm oblivious to the whole Black Lives Matter and stuff but you know me I'm like all lives matter you know like my life matters shoot if the police pull me over I'm going to be like my name is Lauren I'm going to tell them everything about me and that's just because I learned if somebody wants to kill you the more you talk about yourself to them the less likely they are to kill you so I'm going to be right I'm going to just keep on talking I'm not going to stop you know but it's just like you know survival of the fittest and I feel like too like that girl that, that young black girl from Baltimore like I was so upset with her. You know what I'm saying? Like, you told these police on the camera, y'all are going to take me out of here oh, in a body she bag. Mental. She, she you know what I'm saying? Issues. She was telling her child, she was they're mental. against us, you fight back. You, you know what I'm saying? And that, to me, was just... She was mental. 
like it, right she was mental but that that's she's not the only one right. and how many people defended her in the Black Lives Matter movement and that's the type of stuff that bothers me because it's like there are those times like that man that was selling CDs or that girl that got pulled over because she had her license plate was messed up or you know what I'm saying like it's stupid stuff and people are dying for that no that is not okay by any means necessary but maybe it's because they are racist but it doesn't change the fact that they are wrong whether mm-hmm. you were racist or not, you shot yeah. an innocent person. You need to be locked up. Exactly. That's my thing. And that's why it's kind of like, is it a Black Lives Matter? Is it a police brutality? Like, what necessarily I is it? I feel like it's a mixture. But it's like, I still feel like they need to be held accountable for what they did. Whether they did it because they was racist or not. I don't See, care why you did it. You just I, need to go to jail. I wasn't all for Black Lives Matter at first, too. I was on All Lives Matter. That was me when everything started happening. But when you see comments of people that are not black, write like the comments that you read and you start to see like these people really hate us. Like there are people that really hate black people. Oh, excuse me. All right. I got this. And this is like both of y'all. I think <laughs> I was I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I was on the all black, the Black Lives Matters things. I think when the all lives and I wasn't opposed to all my because all lives do matter but right now we're focused on the black ones that are being taken away that all lives matter got disoriented when you had races commenting and then hashtagging all All lives lives matter matter. but it doesn't take away from the fact that the truth is that all lives do matter and that's the problem because if you look at it for what it is like it's even in Christianity and you got people that are saved and not saved like they can come at Christians but it's our job to love you know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like to me, Lord, like and I, with I, your with the question that even in the topic talking about whether we should protest, whether we should, you know, keep things within our community, whether we should. I feel like love is the answer, and at the end of the day, there are there is going to come a point. There is going to come a point where we do have to stand up for certain things, and yes. we are going to be angry. But like, like the Bible says, be angry and sin not. You know what I'm saying? Like we can't let this anger get to the point where we're causing more division. Right. We have to come to a point where, and, and that's why I feel like black lives do matter, but let's believe that as a whole. Let's believe that and have all black lives matter. Right. Let's not have black people killing black people exactly. and black people that's stealing from black people. That's the we point. can't say black lives matter if we don't care about we ourselves. Don't value our like, own you know lives. what I'm saying? And that's why I feel like, like I'm more, not partial to the all lives matter, but like that's why I just stopped looking at color. Like, yes, there are people who do, but that's the problem. Like, sometimes we're so focused in on this small thing that we can't see the bigger picture. And at the end of the day, like, we were all supposed to be created equal. Whether it was written to, to mean people who were slaves at the time or not, they shouldn't have said all. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like they right. should not have they said all. Them, they whether you're a human, up. whether you're an animal, we are all, we were all created yeah, equally. They you know what I'm saying? Because even, right, they did. So now we have to hold ourselves accountable. And you said this, so prove it. You know what I mean? Like what, what bothers me is you got police enforcement. And that's where it's not a matter of black and white to me. It's a police brutality. And yes, it just happens to be a lot of them are white and a lot of the people that are dying are black. But they wouldn't release the footage. That simple. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't release the footage. That's a problem. That has nothing to do with race. That's police trying to protect themselves. And what makes it bad is you have... I was explaining to a friend, and she was trying to explain to me, well, the way your parents raised you, and you grew up with good morals, and you're a good person. And I said, but that does not stop them from seeing me as a threat, 
and me getting shot. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's good because you raised. point blank, period. period. And I think and, that's and what I, the and I agree with for. you. I agree with you. I agree with you. 100%. We do have to do something in our community because we're becoming hypocritical. We'll kill each other, but as soon as Whitey kills us... It's a problem. But, um, but you I, know what's funny is... I, this is what... And then I actually want to ask Marquez if he would share something. This is what I'm kind of begging you in between. Because I posted something about Obama talking about the gun laws a while back. Because he was talking about it's easier for somebody to get a gun than for somebody to get a driver's license. He started going into those aspects. And I found it very interesting that it is the fact that we won't talk about, you know, you know, what was it, black-on-black crime or stuff like that. But I'm going to throw a few random things out there. Number one, statistically, there's still more white-on-white white white crime than there is black-on-black crime. Right. The, the problem is that the black people, we, we yell. We, we still talk a lot. We've always been the talkers. Mm-hmm. We have always been the talkers. We're always louder. We're always, the white people can do the same exact thing we do, but because we black, everything's loud. Everything's more bored out there. And I think my problem is just the fact that we can't, they were just, there were people negating, saying, stop the violence. Well, they were putting that on social media just as often for people who've lost yes, people, to, mm-hmm. you know, just, just out there. Like, the Mothers Against Violence. Like yes. when I, and I still hope to do it when I finally do my live show with an audience. I want to really help out the Mothers Against Violence because police brutality just falls under their category. Yes. Mm-hmm. But they were originally just Mothers Against mm-hmm. Violence who had sons who got killed by the hands of other, And it wasn't even white or black people. It was just right. violence. That's the picture, right? That's it happened to be black women that started it, black mothers that started it. But it was just the fact that it was women against violence, just period. And I think, I, I agree, I get tired of seeing somebody bickering about the police, but they won't uphold the standards. But I think there's just African Americans in, in various communities who are just so focused on anger. Yes. They're so focused right. on hatred. Yes. So whether you are police or not, if you did me wrong, you did me yes. dirty, yeah. I'm out right. to get you. Like, it don't matter. You know, it doesn't matter where you're from. You're it doesn't matter who you are. Point, you right? did me wrong. You did me dirty. It's like it's like the concept of the mafia. I loved you, but I will still put a bullet in your chest. Right. Like you said, you they don't see do color right. anymore. You know how right. you said you don't see color anymore? Right. If somebody stabs me in the back, I don't care if you white, Black, red, Puerto purple, <laughs> I'm going to get you back. Right. And I think that's what, and I'm not giving that an excuse to take someone's right. life. But I feel like now that Janelle said that, that's kind of, that, not kind of, that may be what we are seeing to an extent. Now, gang, I don't understand this gang thing because it's like, what's fun about killing people? Mm-hmm. Because gangs were originally created for brotherhood because there were children that were out there who did not have those sort of resources, so they right. created these gangs so that they could support each other. That's my thing that bothers right. me. It's like, we like to take everything that has good intentions and blow it up and make it something horrible. But and you I'm, can't, not saying, right. I'm not you, saying that, like, I understand, like, at the end of the day, because we're black, we're going to get it worse than almost anybody else. Like, I understand that. But that's why Kelly, the way she was even taught, you got to be 10 times better. You got to be two times better, whatever the case is. But I feel like if we just took that as information and we applied it, cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? Not fighting and all this other type of stuff. Like, I feel like from people would have no reason to really, like, no, I don't want to say no reason to come for us, but if we really was living upright and doing what we needed to do, then it really would be on some like we we didn't do anything wrong, right. like, and y'all are still doing this. And you know that's what it means. That's the movement that, that, that needs to happen, right? Like, 
right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, like, I want, and that's why I'm so quiet because it's like yeah, I'm not. I don't have so much to say when it's like there's different variables to the situation. But if the one variable is that we are all doing what we need to do, we're law-abiding citizens. We're doing. There's always going to be those people right, that try right, right, and, right. and mess up, but lock them up. That's what right. the jail is for. That's what right. we're paying taxes for. But if you got the majority of people that are doing what they need to do, then what is your problem? Exactly. What is your problem? Why did you pull him over? Why did you make him get out exactly. of the car? Ask those questions exactly. and hold them accountable. And that's why I feel like the law, they need to do what they need to do. It's not white people, black people. No. The law, the judges, the whoever, the the day, they need to crack they, them. That's, right. that's how they get loose. This is, this is one of my main concerns. And then I want to add, what I want to ask Marquez is kind of more so give us how you were raised, because you were raised down south. And you're a black man. And you're a black man. You were surrounded by most white people. And you were raised more so by a single parent. I don't know how long your parents lived together, whatever, like that. But just, it was a total different influence of how life went. But I want to say this, and this is what I thought about this morning. I said, I began to think about it just like this. This is just a little scenario. <laughs> if I work at Sephora, so if, if, there was a whole bunch of hate crimes or dirty stuff that started happening in various Sephora's, whether it was in like Miami, LA, Nevada, DC. If all this stuff started happening at Sephora's and it kept being shown on TV, if something going wrong at Sephora's, whether it was a bomb or whether whether it was mis- us misjudging people or we kept you know stopping people for stealing and they mm-hmm. weren't stealing, if that broke out about Sephora and I still work at Sephora, how would I feel? I would feel like you need to quit. I would call you and say, Janelle, you need to quit. <laughs> right, as my friend, right. because you start, Janelle. right, to Sephora, somebody, you live in Philly, and that's a city, because if somebody city, starts hating, right, if somebody starts hating on Sephora, and I'm, if I happen to be there, somebody can come up and shoot up my Sephora, right. and that's it, because we've been doing things that's wrong, or we've been, it's been seen that these few people from Sephora, is doing because Sephora wears uniforms, Sephora has name badges, Sephora, we, they, we still have these rules that we abide by, minor rules, that are similar just to the police force. Right. When I walk out of my job, people may think I have a dress on, but it's my uniform. Right. You know what I mean? But, but I started thinking about it. I said, I will have some type of problem with all these other people so for Sephora that have the same standard that I'm held to, and this is what you're doing. And my problem started being not just what the people doing was wrong, but the officers who are doing was right, it's but not holding their people accountable. Yes. If I go to church with people and... The, I'm just, I mean... Because that lady thing. almost lost her job, the one that spoke out. The, the cop, the officer. She, she lost her job, I think. I heard that was a rumor. Oh, but see, a rumor. Okay. But see, that's but, And I, I know that, I mean, come on, bad cop, good cop, the, the fact that they always they always cover, I don't care what nobody's saying, right. the popo cover, cover for each other. As you but, should expect it, really, because how many friends cover for their friends? Right. Right, but my you know only problem is, where is the real accountability? Right. Just, like, just like me and you are saved. And yeah, I know you, but if somebody else says that we're both Christians and we're not that close, and you start doing stuff that's outright wrong, you cussing somebody out in public, but then you won't walk away talking about Jesus, I think I might really have something to say to you as accountability to the fact that, all right, I'm not going to come bashing you. You guys should struggle. You really might be angry, but kind of be careful because that's not the Jesus that we serve. Jesus didn't cuss people out. I mean, he might have flipped over some tables. He might have been a little angry. angry. Yes, he did. But he was he was angry with his own people. We cussing out people that don't even know God. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of gotta. This is just what I was feeling this morning. I'm being honest. This is what I was feeling this morning. I just was like, I would feel some type of way if I work at Sephora and I keep seeing other Sephora flipping people off or doing things that were unkind. Thank God I work for a company that's really kind to everybody. But I mean, 
That's I would because we gotta close up. We really gotta end. But Marquez, you haven't said anything. The road left his things to do. Praise the Lord, guys. Thank you to our Facebook friends. But um, Marquez, if you could just share like things you you can just it don't have to take long, but whatever things you learned or maybe something that your mom because your mom was the one that straight up said well, he's out to dinner last month, and your mom sat at the table. She said I think that that people are just trying to start a race war. She said, bottom line, she just think that people are trying to undercurrently p- slowly pull it up. And that's and I've said out my mouth, I said it, and I still believe it, that if it keeps continuing, there will be a lot of cops mm-hmm. shot. There's going to be people who turn to hatred, yeah. and they will shoot up more and more innocent. It'll be innocent cops. You keep, you're going to keep the kill on innocent blacks? We'll, keep, we'll kill your innocent cops. Just because somebody had a record 20, 30 years ago or 10 years ago don't mean you have the right to kill them for something that they're not... But it's because like a fixed and like I, I was talking about this with someone like a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. If we keep believing that it's always going to be like this, that things ain't never going to change, that people are always going to do things, then nothing ever will. But if we like that's where we take it inward and we focus on us, like we individually have to make it our own business. You know what I'm saying? To try to create some form of change, and you know, even though that this is even though this is going wrong, we still got to try to show love because ultimately, like love conquers all. Like I don't really totally, do believe, I believe that. Believe so if we come together in love, like I feel like there will be a time that these things will happen. But if we try to make it a matter of this and that and whatever you know what I'm saying things are never going to change because right. we have that fixed mindset that they did that because of this like there's no hands down like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. we don't know that and that's why I woke up this morning saying what can I do right I didn't put on anybody else but I put on what can I do because I think it was Martin Luther King or somebody it was a preacher years 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 ago and that's why um you know big ups to the people who are working with the Nat Turner movie because he was mm-hmm. a preacher who turned, he saw things totally different. And the reason why I'm saying that is just because sometimes we get so caught up in, it's not happening in my community, it's not happening in my environment, I'm not involved in right now, I keep living my life, but it's happening around us. And then when it happens to to you, when it happens to your people. It's not a song until it happens to you. Doesn't the, Corinne uh, Bailey Ray sing that? I think she's so. Like, I heard a song. I think she's Sorry. Like, I, no, but it's real. Like, mm-hmm. enough, it doesn't matter. Cancer don't matter until, <laughs> you know, you your mom has it or auntie yeah. has it or you have it. You know, it does, the, the disease and stuff don't matter to you until it hits home. And my thing is, we shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that. We should be aware and be prayerful about it before it's like in my backyard or before you right. know, it's my neighbor before it's my brother, my sister. Like, that's just. So, Marquez, so I turn over to you. <laughs> I know. The, the ladies have spoken. We talk like we do. He thought he was off the hook. Not really <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, if you, if you can share with us, and then we're going to close out because we really have, like, it was way past oh, half an hour, 45 I gotta minutes. Go kiki, go kiki. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess for, like, the larger portion of my life, I've um, been, like, the token black guy. The token yeah. elected, what they would call that. Yeah. Like being the only one on the soccer team, being the very few in AP classes, honors classes. I was black, but I wasn't stupid. I was right. black. I, was, <laughs> I mean, not to say like that. No, no, no. I was, no, no, no. I was black, but I didn't sack my pants. I was black, but, you know, had a clean cut. Like, didn't wear Jordans all the time. And it was more seen that I, I got more animosity from black people than I did those of wow. my white counterparts. Yeah. Um, as like, well, what do you think you like? Who do you think you were? Like, 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 what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> and you just being yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Being a, a, respect, a respectful man. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, just, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Oh, um, so and what Lauren was saying too, I think um, 
I think that um, a lot of us have to do like a lot of you know interest you know yeah within ourselves inwardly um, and, and set a point in the finger as to um, what's not happening what's not and you could possibly be the reason why it's not like what are you not doing opposed to what everybody else is not doing that's good yeah um, so that's what I, that's really what I was doing. Mm. I feel you. Nice wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> that is a nice wrap up because you don't, That's you don't. I mean, we're not, we're really not the. I'm not the Jordan girl. I'm not the. I've, I've, never, owned the the I've never owned a pair of Jordans because this is my thing. Paying that much for them. I don't understand. Yeah. Why are you wrapped the store? Why is the store? Why are people? I remember one time with my little cousin. I said she asked me. She begged. I said, "All right, I'll do it with you." We stayed outside. We tarry. We tarry. Come on, wait on it. Waiting for those pair of Jordans. And I said, and we walked in the store. She get because my cousin, her mom had to do something for church. So I said, cousin Pam, I'll wait with her. Don't worry about it. We had a basketball tournament that next morning, so we had to get in the car from the mall and go straight to the basketball tournament. No sleep. So me and my friends, we did it with her. We was baby, basically babysitting. And when I walked in the store. And she grabbed that box of sneakers and she opened it. And I looked in the box. I said, this is really what all we stood in line for. And the rest of these NIGGAs were a pair of sneakers that everybody around us, everybody has. Everybody's been had in nineteen ninety nine. It's ridiculous. That's what it is. Ridiculous. There are well. I mean, it's people have a love for sneakers. I mean, I dated and somebody I'm not to that. who who had who I'm really had the genuine. They now now he won't do all that. He won't do he won't do all that. He has a cutoff limit. But there are people who genuinely have a love for sneakers. There's nothing wrong with I that. I just am not one of those people. But I feel like it's judgmental. Like what you went through, Marquez. It's so judgmental in the black community to to, to think because I don't have this. Like like the hit with women now is okay if you got a red bottom. And you got a Louis Vuitton. Okay. I want one. I'm getting some. <laughs> I think I'm they're great. Kelly. I think they're great. They're great shoes. Um, they're probably I've very heard, uncomfortable. I've heard very, a lot, very I've heard some people, quite a few people say it's very uncomfortable and they have spent the money for them. But I like, I'm not one of those people. I, I am, I, I guess that's why I, I really like Janelle Monet, even though she probably has a pair of Louis Vuittons and she probably may even know Louis. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's dead or alive. But what I'm just saying is, I'm just not one of those people, and why be judged? Because I decide I'm not. Honey, I will go to Payless in a minute and pay $34.99 for some shoes and be fine. <laughs> I mean, but really, it's, it's just personal preference. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think but people think should get judged. This is where are. the problem goes in. I'm going to say this, and we can, like, somebody pray. Yeah, amen. I'm going to say this. This is where the problem with that comes in. Because my little cousin told me, I don't want those sneakers. So why not? They ain't Jordans. And I asked him, I said, well, what money do you have to pay for Jordans? Right, you and then the thing is, he I, got, I bought him a pair of Vans, like the, the high top Vans, and he was like so against it. But then when he saw everybody complimenting his shoes, oh, can I wear these tomorrow? I was like, yeah, you can wear them tomorrow. So it's and, perception. And it's perception, and that's mm-hmm. what's messing it up because now you have parents influencing their children don't wear them light up sneakers. They're right. a baby. Right. They Let like lights. Them. Let them wear their bobo. Let them go through that phase. I know. But then he'll run outside and destroy a fifty pair of dollar sneakers, and it's not 
Whatever, my mom's getting me a new pair. Or better yet, there'll be a cycle where you don't have as expensive stuff at first, and then you grow into it. You know right. what I mean? Like, if you start your kids in Louboutins, it's over for where you. Where you go from there? It's <laughs> over for you. They're not going to shop anywhere else, but that's your fault, you know? If you give your kids Jordan from age two, they're going to, you're setting the expectation, mm. you know? But if you give them them light up sneakers, you take them to Payless because you know they're going to mess up their sneakers, but they got a nice pair of church shoes. Or you know like what I'm saying? Learn to appreciate shoes, them, yeah. you know? Like, shoes. It's nothing yeah, wrong learning with the that. balance, the right. balance of it but all. But I right. told, like, like I told someone, I said, don't get, I don't want my kid having light up sneakers. I said, why? They're a baby. They like light up sneakers. Like That's the thrill of it. You caught up I in the name. <laughs> yeah, it's you're, you. You're you don't want to be seen. You don't want your child we, to have that one. If we continue to have that mindset with anything, just that mediocre, just dumb <laughs> mindset. It's limited. It's a very limited grow. mindset. We won't. We won't grow as people. We'll continue to be stuck. I and people will continue to view us the way they view us because we continue to be stuck. We can't get mad. I'm not being stuck. I want to grow. I mean, yeah. I'm not pinning on me, but no. I'm just saying as a whole, like, that's yeah. what happens. And that's why we have the issues that we have today. Man. I'm hungry. And at the end of that, amen. Father God. Wait a minute. So I just, well, first I have to say thank you for you going to pray. That was right. But I want to say thank you. And I say thank you um, for y'all just being open and being real. Thank you for sharing, Marquez, you know, because you don't talk as much. But we appreciate when you do open your mouth. Because he carries wisdom. The man has wisdom. And the word of what he uses. He does. After he says a do what? Right. After he says a do what? We, he usually gives some good advice or good information after a do what. That's, right. That's my brother. That's my brother. But I thank you for I thank you for sharing it because I'm I'm the same way. I kind of live in my own world. I, people have said that about me since I was a kid, yeah, and I think it's good to live in your own world so you don't get too captured or ca- become too capitalized by society. So I want to thank you to Marquez. To Miss Lauren. To Miss Fatima. You're welcome. And my oh, and Mr. Darrell Haynes, who had to step out his things to do, praise the Lord. And to Miss Kelly yeah. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to my friends and people that I I mean I dearly love. These are people once again, like I said, if um if you definitely hurt them, with her. you definitely right, hurt so me. And I only. You know, I, we only talk about each other with other people that we're just as close with. That's, that's how it is. We do talk about each other. We are that crew. We do. We be like, yo, she crazy. But we do it within our crew, our, our family, and our net. So that when things, if we do something wrong, we have that accountability. We can say that to each other. Um, that talk can be had because we're real like that. You know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> I can't. So, um, Fatima was already in the vein. Yeah. Because she stays in the vein. Miss um, Angie, no, wait a second. No. We have Nathan Simmons here as well. Oh, Nathan Simmons. <laughs> Come on, look at the camera. Jesus will bring them back. Jesus will bring them back. If you trust and believe God, if you trust and believe God, he will bring them back from the dead and they will have more power than they had before. And he got the wrinkles and stuff. Especially when he's so Nathan Simmons. So, Marquez Cassidy, Miles is next to Simmons and when, I mean when right. Angie gets started when Angie gets started she gets a lean she lean just like Angie Ray don't let her lean to that left side alright now I'm done I mean we praise God for those who are going on in the Lord but we know we have some anointed people amongst us alright so Fatima 
um, if you could just pray us out. Don't take us in. We don't want to. We don't, <laughs> we don't want to see Jesus right, right now. We just want to feel him a little the bit. Lord. All right, <laughs> say grace before we go. Yeah, I'm done. Seriously? Okay. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for this hour, God. We thank you, God, for just being in the midst of us, God. We thank you for having wisdom, and we thank you, God, for being able to share with the people, God. Lord, allow this, God, to uh, be, you know, taken, God, and used for your kingdom and even used for the community, God. Thank you, God, for Janelle, and thank you, God, for... Kelly, God, and for renewed talk. Thank you, God, for allowing us to open up our mind and expand our mind, God. We ask that you, God, touch this, God, and even anoint this conversation now, God, that wherever it's watched at, wherever it's shown to, the next person that looks at it, the next person that hears, God, this this interview and this talk, God, allow them, God, to learn from it, God, to be able to expand their knowledge and to open up their knowledge, God, that we may use it, God, to, to make this world a better place, Lord. We ask that you just God allow us God to just touch this touch us in the name of Jesus God touch the food that we're going to have God <laughs> in the name of Jesus Lord we just thank you God for being amazing and we love you amen